0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff
1: Tharp. What's going on everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 37. I can't believe it, we're closing out on 40. It's gonna be legit. I have no other plans other than I'm excited that it's gonna be 40. Um, but uh, welcome to the show everybody. My guest today is really, I'm i am really stoked. This is one that's been in the works. Um, maybe unbeknownst to my guests, but been in the works for a little while. Uh, but um, she's a powerful singer songwriter and she's the worship director for Arise Kingdom Ministries As welcome. My guest today, Ryzen- Ry- Ryland, is- <laughs> Ryland Isabella. <laughs> Hi. Sorry about that. I told totally it. you. Yeah. It's a tongue
2: twister, huh? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know it was, but here we are. So how are you? Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. And I thank thank God for the opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've heard a lot about, um, uh, well, before we get going, I'll let you tell a little bit about yourself because there's some connective tissue that that I intentionally left out. You know someone that is a friend of the show, a friend of mine. So give us a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, about you and who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, So I am a mother and a wife. Um, my husband is Justin. He's amazing. Um, he's a great support system for me. And um, so, yes, you you all know Crystal Alicia. Mm-hmm. I am her personal assistant. So Woo. I'm I'm in the back, the background. You know, letting her know what she needs to do and where to go and all this stuff. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm her go-to. So if she awesome. needs something done, uh, I'm always there, willing to help her out. And uh, I also keep her lifted up in prayer on the daily. So,
1: mm. yeah. Yeah. She definitely needs it. So, um, and then how long have you been her assistant?
2: I have not been, um, her assistant, of uh, very long. Um, not when you talk about actually being a hired person. Yeah. Um, I actually worked for a hospital for 14 years. Oh, so. wow and then when COVID hit i was actually led out of the hospital Um, i lost my job um, because Mm -hmm. they couldn't afford to keep me and Mm -hmm. and then god actually provided another job for me at a surgery center so he led Mm -hmm. me there and i was able to witness to some people there and be a great light and um and then you know i lost my babysitter who was my aunt and uh i was like oh god what do i do now i was like I don't know if I should walk away from this job that you gave me mm-hmm. or keep going. I was like, God, like, you know what I need? Just open the doors that need opened, close the ones that need closed. And, you know, he ended up closing the door for the eye center and I stayed at home for a couple of weeks and then got the call from Krista that she wanted me to be her personal assistant. So, you. I, I mean, it. I, ever since I've known Krista, I've tried to be helpful to her anyways. Mm-hmm. And, um, do whatever she needed with the ministry because as soon as I got saved I was like all in like I just wanted to do everything that I could um to advance God God's kingdom so yeah. you know and I was there doing things for her anyway so Yeah
1: and especially just her too I think she gives so much and mm-hmm. I know that I can attest to myself as well the when I, the second I met her I just felt like this urgency within, within myself from the Lord. He's like, I want you to give, lend your video skills to her and make her whatever she wants mm-hmm. free of charge. And I was like, okay, absolutely. And so you just kind of, yeah. So I, I totally get it. That whole, just like, what can I do? How can I help? I want to, f- I I'm just, I'm so on board. Yeah. I'm so on board with you, Krista. So yeah, uh, what the Lord's doing. So I get it. Yeah. So, Okay. So we're just going to jump into it because you have it really kind of nicely laid out. You have a really like powerful testimony. And I was saying before the show, I was reading through it and just getting really moved. Um, It's just a it's just an amazing story of God's redemption and Mm -hmm. his patience. Um, And uh, and so we're just going to go right into it, starting with your life growing up. So talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So
2: my life growing up, I, I grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. um, my parents were Christians and my grandparents who lived right next door on the same property were also Christians. Um, I was in church all the time,
0: okay.
3: almost
2: every day I was doing something for the church.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, my grandpa, he was an evangelist and I used to travel with him to different churches as he preached. And so I was always in a very godly environment. Um we had a youth group, a singing youth group at the church that my mom led. It was called uh, sold out for Jesus. Okay. Um, it was a bunch of us kids just singing, traveling, um just witnessing to people. And um also me my mom and my aunt Vernie, we would travel and sing together as a, a small group in like nursing homes or mm-hmm. you know, wherever God led us, that's where we would go. And I loved music and um i loved singing for god and i was very involved when it came um to music so um yeah so i i always grew up in this very godly environment Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so then um you said that you had kind of your view of god started to change um Mm -hmm. at around 16 years old what happened
2: yeah, at around 16, um, my mom, she was diagnosed with tongue cancer. Wow. And uh, yeah, she she actually had um, over half of her tongue removed wow. at that time. And uh, I remember on my 16th birthday, she asked me to actually shave her head. Hmm. So that's how I spent my 16th birthday was shaving my mom's head. Oh my goodness. And uh, with that, I just started becoming... I don't know, very angry. And um, I I ended up getting a new boyfriend at that age. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was about, he was my focus to get my mind off of what was going on with my mom. Yeah, And then of course, you know, that kind of upset my parents because, you know, they don't want their daughter running around with a boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it started causing some friction there. And um, I ended up quitting the youth group at the church. And I really started distancing myself from my family. And I was just so focused on this new boy in my life to try to ease the pain of my mom dying. Cause at that mm-hmm. point they they only gave her a few months to live.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. So was this your first, like, had you ever dated before or was it just the fact that it was like your first boyfriend and yeah. you know, what was he? was he a believer? Was he not a believer?
2: He was not a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I had taken him to church with me a few times, but he, he really didn't want to engage. He didn't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, he wasn't really a believer. And so he was in a sense, his, his, like his influence was pulling me away from my family Mm -hmm. and from the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a, that's a uh, scenario that a lot of people can, can, you know, understand because many of them have been in that position as well. Um, Where you're just around somebody who, and it, it could uh, even not be a, a romantic relationship. It can be a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a relative uh, who uh, causes you to to drift away. So I think there's a lot of people who are like, "Yep, that was me." So,
2: yeah, and it's yeah. not that they intentionally try to do that. Sure. Um, but it it happens. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let's see here. Yeah, so your your mom your relationship with your mom had become very strained and you become very rebellious mm-hmm. um and so was it h- how quick of a transition was it after you started dating this guy to when all of a sudden you were like now nah, I'm not going to be in the youth group anymore was it a a really slow process or was it like almost like night and day
2: um it was kind of a slow process um i still sang in church but i was i was getting really irritated because there were like he would invite me out to do things, and my mom would be like, "No, you have this commitment to the church; you need to be there." Yeah. And so it started, you know. I started getting this rebellion in my heart where I was like, "You know what? Then just forget the church if I can't do anything that I want to do." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, it was kind of a slow process, but also a quick process when you think of it years wise.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, and okay, so you were. Around you know, when you were about 16, when you had this boyfriend or around mm-hmm. then. Um, and then the next point is you said that in your early 20s, you had two failed marriages, but that's quite a jump from 16 to, to your early 20s, that happening. So how long did this relationship last with, with this boyfriend that kind of was sort of a catalyst in, you know, that the enemy had used to kind of pull you away? Mm-hmm. Um, how long did that last? And then was there like a, a process of just okay no one or was it just kind of what, what was that process like
2: okay so our relationship lasted about five years okay and um when i was 18 i actually became pregnant um with his child mm-hmm. and um funny thing is him and his family actually wanted me to get an abortion wow because they thought you know i was too young um to have a baby and uh, so i was like no that definitely not doing that like i know god would not be happy with that
3: mm-hmm.
2: so as i went on um with the pregnancy and we actually ended up getting married cuz his family was like well if she's having this baby then you guys need to be married yeah and i think um so i think we got married i was 18 and then uh yeah as soon as we got married that relationship went way downhill very fast mm. he became he became very controlling yeah. and, um, just not good. There was a lot going on. I, I don't, I don't really like getting into all of it cause I don't really right. want to put him in a bad light. Yeah. Um, but things definitely were not good. Um, and so I ended up leaving that situation cause mm-hmm. I thought, you know, things were so bad. I thought if I don't leave now, he's going to hurt me or I'm going to hurt him in a very bad way.
3: Yeah.
2: And so I ended up getting out of that relationship and quickly Mm -hmm. I jumped into another one Mm. because I was looking for someone to validate who I was in a way. Mm. Um, I needed somebody to make me feel loved a certain Mm. way, I guess. And so I quickly jumped into this other relationship and ended up getting pregnant and having another child. Same thing, I ended up getting married right after that, right after finding out I was pregnant um, because I felt like, you know, my upbringing was kind of like, you need to be married to the people that you have kids with. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I just jumped in another marriage and my mom actually did try to stop me from these things. And uh, I just, I was just so hurting inside and trying to cling to anything um, because of the pain, like I felt like I was gonna lose my mom at any given day. Yeah. Even though, you know, I said in the beginning she only they told her she only had months to live. But my mom lived for thirteen years battling wow. cancer. She Man. actually battled three different types of cancer during the that whole
1: time?
3: time? hmm
1: Man.
2: Yeah. And they continuously gave her a death note, you know, like mm-hmm. six months, three months, a year. And I you know, I was trying to cling to anything that I could. To make myself mm-hmm. feel better and i always thought you know it was a man like a man would make me feel better
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so it was easy for me to jump into the next relationship
3: sure.
2: and so yeah by my early 20s i had two failed marriages yeah and so i was a mom of two boys and mm-hmm. um i just found myself spiraling out of control at that time uh i when i left my second husband um I just felt so lost and so damaged, and like I didn't know what to do
3: mm.
2: and so I in I just started dating a bunch of people and trying to you know find someone else to love and it yeah. just it was not working out like at mm. all. I caused myself so many problems during that time, and I caused other people so many problems sure.
3: like
2: that's hurtful when I think back to that how many people that I even hurt during that process, Mm -hmm. um, just trying to get out of my own hurt. So I became so cold during that time. And I thought if I became the person that hurt other people that nobody could hurt me. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: I let myself become very cold and angry. Mm -hmm. And I started drinking a lot. I started becoming very lost in alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, the music scene was another one of my places that I would go for comfort. And so my second husband introduced me to heavy metal. <laughs> and whenever I heard heavy metal, I just became fascinated with it and like that's what I wanted that that dark music made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um I remember listening to these lyrics and just thinking wow, you know, like this makes me feel good. Like To hate other people. Yeah. (laughs) And um so yeah, I was I was in the bars constantly singing with different bands and um yeah, just living the the party, the wild life, Mm. not caring. I mean, I had my boys and I loved them. And whenever I had my boys, I seemed to be okay. But the moment that they would leave and go to dad's house, I I was a totally different person that just did not care about life.
1: Yeah. 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 And so you uh, you had described it in in the notes, um, as kind of an early midlife crisis, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it felt like.
1: And how long did that pro like how long did that mid early midlife crisis last? Would you say?
2: I would say close to eight years. <laughs> wow,
1: man, that's a long time.
2: Eight years of constant, just putting myself in the, in the worst situations that a person could.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I was just trying to grasp for anything to make me feel good and to forget about all the pain, the pain of my mom, the pain of my failed marriages, just all these things. So,
1: and all the while, where would you say your, your view of God was at during this time?
2: Um, I I still had a care for God at this Mm -hmm. time, but I felt like I had not pleased him. I felt like I felt like I had done so much that he probably was very unhappy with me. Mm. And I didn't really know how to deal with those feelings. Like I would try, I would try to get myself back in church and it would only last like a week. Mm. (laughs) And then I would be back out doing the same old crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I would get myself in a bind and think, Oh, you know, God will help me. And, and I would go to the church and I would go to the altar and pray and cry my eyes out and I would leave, but I would leave God at the altar. And, and so when I went back out, I just, you know, God was gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you were, this is going on for a little while and then your grandpa went to the hospital. You got a diagnosis. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. So my grandpa, he was like my best friend growing up. And like I Mm -hmm. said, I always traveled with him uh, when he evangelized and we were just always together, me and him. We were like, we were like two peas in a pod. Right. And uh, so he went into the hospital with what he thought was pneumonia. And when I went to see him, uh, because I worked in the hospital, I went to his room to visit and to check on him. And um, the doctor came in and told him that he actually had leukemia and that he only had two weeks to live. And yeah, that was like, I felt like my world was falling apart
3: sure, and,
2: sure. um, I just looked at him and he knew that it, he knew that it crushed me and he looked at me and he was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And ultimately, ultimately it was fine. But, um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, didn't feel like it was, that at the time i'm sure
2: it didn't it didn't feel like that at the mm-hmm. time i i was like now my grandpa has this horrible disease like mm-hmm. my mom was still battling with cancer at that time too mm-hmm. and yeah it's just i i didn't know what to think i was so lost at that time so
1: yeah well and then at that time too it says that in the um Basically in those weeks following that, you had tried to come back to God and you went back to church to try and uplift your grandpa's spirits. Mm -hmm. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. So I actually did try getting back into church and I thought, you know what, I'm going to work with the youth and I'm going to get them into music and do what my mom did. And I'm going to be a a youth leader. And I, I did this for about two weeks. It lasted about two weeks, and and I fell out. But it was literally like my last ditch effort to, you know, make my grandpa proud of me. I thought, for some reason, that maybe he wasn't proud of me because of the life I had been living, and I thought, you know, God wasn't proud of me either, and that's why he was, you know, I thought he was punishing my family at the time, uh, over the things, over my life, the way that I had lived it. So yeah, it was my last ditch effort to. Try to be a good person, mm-hmm. and it didn't work because my focus was not on God—not one bit. It was on mm-hmm. me, and when our focus is on us, it just—it never works out. So,
3: right. yeah. Thanks for
0: listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire dot com slash donate.
1: Yeah, and that something that I want to t- touch on a- after we're done telling this whole story is really kind of break down like what the difference between this moment versus when when you fully surrender to the lord Mm -hmm. um what the difference was because for some people that i know that that's enough that was enough that they were Mm -hmm. like my yeah my grandpa was dying and i was just like i gotta just get right with the lord um so yeah we'll we'll kind of touch back on that but Mm -hmm. i'm saying it now so that i remember (laughs) because sometimes i just get on rabbit trails so um (laughs)
2: I do too. (laughs) Yeah. Yay.
1: Um, Okay. So um, the day after, actually, no, I'm sorry. It says the very day that your grandfather passed away, you got a phone call from your mom. What was that about?
2: So the very day that my grandpa died, I was actually in the hospital with him, standing at his bedside. And uh, I got a call from my mom. And so I went out into the hallway to see, you know, what she wanted. And she had let me know that her breast cancer was was back that that there was nothing else that they could do
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i was like are you kidding me because like she had like she had different cancers throughout this whole 13 year process of her having cancer and like she would go in remission remission and then it would come back in a different area and so this time it had came back again and i was just like are you kidding me? And like, I was in the hospital giving my grandpa water on a sponge, like because he couldn't eat, like he was barely even alive. Wow! And uh, so here I am doing this. It's pretty traumatizing, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. to give someone water like that on a sponge, like. And then my mom calls and tells me this. So, yeah. I felt my heart sink and i was like losing all hope and um it it was just the enemy's lies became even stronger like i just felt like wow god is not good like he's killing my family and in my mind at that time i was like here i've been trying to go to church and do the right thing and now my grandpa's literally literally on his deathbed and now my mom telling me her cancer is back and i just i i got so angry at god and i was just so so mad yeah and um yeah so i didn't i didn't think god was good i didn't think that he loved my family Mm -hmm. i and i then i had this family member tell me that you know my grandpa's dying because it was my fault that i wasn't right with god and um so insane I didn't know the truth at that time. And uh, so I just took what they said to heart. And I was like, you know, if this is who God is, I don't, I don't really want much to do with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought here my grandpa is, he's this great pastor. He's brought many, many people to Christ. My mom had brought many people to Christ. She had a bread ministry uh, where she would bring people without food. Food and she could not even eat food herself Wow! Like during this whole 13 years when she first was diagnosed with tongue cancer and had her tongue removed. She could not even eat food herself. She drank. That's all that she could do those years was drink. And she had this ministry where she would bring people food. And so I was like, God, like, how can you do this to these wonderful people who helped so many, but yet murderers and liars and thieves are, are living the good life. And I didn't understand. And and that's really where I became even more cold and had more. I started actually hating God.
1: Wow. So it was never an issue of you going, oh, God doesn't exist. It was more an issue of, of really struggling with God. I really don't think that you're good mm-hmm. because you're allowing all these things to happen.
2: Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah.
1: So then you uh what happened after that
2: so my grandpa he he actually ended up passing away and um and then i just i continued in that same partying crazy lifestyle i ended up finding my niche in the music scene and i ended up joining a band called kissing in graveyards um so it was like an electronic heavy metal ba- heavy metal band um we were known as like electro music witch metal music um people label it many different ways <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah so i started this band and um i started writing music that was totally against god mm. and against prophets and um yeah so my-
1: specifically sorry really quick did you mm-hmm. grow up or surrounded by prophetic Stuff or was it just you all of a sudden just gravitated towards pr- hating prophets
2: honestly, I feel like I just gravitated towards hating prophets. I never really understood why I hated prophets huh. and actually growing up in that in that era, you really didn't see a whole lot of prophets yeah um, the prophetic was something that you rarely heard of um, but crazy enough, I was drawn towards hating prophets. Hmm and uh one of my lyrics um in one of my songs was i hear your prophecies and i can't help but laugh who creates a world and send send it sends it to death
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um yeah like i had so many crazy lyrics like see you in hell and uh mm. i i sang about like making love with the devil himself wow. yeah yeah i i have a song it was called um the king of evil and it was all about like being in love with the King of evil and yeah, many of my songs, uh, involved being intimate with the devil. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, I just hated on God in my songs, hated on Christians. In, I had all these other bands that were very drawn to my music from all around the world that wanted mm-hmm. to create music with me. And it always evolved around that same theme. Like, Just hating on God and Christians, and um, yeah, it it was eventually what I became known for. Um, People would call me, you know, the Queen of Darkness, and they would call me. Wow, yeah, it it was pretty crazy. That's heavy. Yeah, yeah, I became like the the go to girl if you want if you wanted to make music that hated God. So
1: yeah. And so you were, you described it as sort of like witch death metal, electro Mm -hmm. death metal. Um, Was there, was that just like a kind of just a fun name you guys threw out there to identify it as genre wise, or was there actual witchcraft involved maybe from you or your bandmates?
2: Um, My, I wasn't practicing any witchcraft per se um but i was very uh intrigued
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so i wrote a lot of music and lyrics um that that spoke of witchcraft and i even wrote some songs that were very chant like okay. um
3: yeah.
2: so one would probably say oh she's probably a witch
3: yeah.
2: uh even though i wasn't really practicing witchcraft mm-hmm. and and i always said i never worshiped the devil and until god revealed it to me just i don't know maybe six months ago mm-hmm. that i was worshiping the devil yeah i may not have intentionally been worshiping him but i certainly was sure so
1: yeah when it's kind of that whole thing with like how there are groups of satanists who uh they're more like atheists but they just use the name Satanist. But mm-hmm. what I find interesting is that Satan doesn't care. Like right. you're still giving, you're still calling yourself a Satanist. You're still giving yeah. glory to him in that way. You know, so it's it's really interesting. So let's um, let's fast forward a little bit, because um, mm-hmm. this went on for how you know how long were you in the in kissing in graveyards.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I believe I started kissing in graveyards in 2012. Okay, and then I got out early 2017.
1: Okay, yeah. So, so about I was, five years ish. Yeah, yeah. Doing
2: that for a little while.
1: Yeah. So did you see? Um, I would imagine being in that scene, death metal, and and you really cultivating dark things. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you did you see a lot of Kind of supernatural activity, uh, demonic activity.
2: Oh yes, oh yes, I did. So, I had a lot of experiences myself um, that were very, very real. Mm. And uh, I, re- yeah, I could, I could go into it, but it, it would be a lot. But yes, there were a yeah. lot of supernatural, but very real things happening like where where I was being touched okay. and uh yeah and I was seeing things and
1: yeah wow yeah well we'll have to go into that another time cuz yeah. it's always been something <laughs> I've been really curious about um uh and everybody the reason why I'm I'm really trying to stop and and ask questions and really unpack some of this is because some of what she's gone through any any point in this story she's told so far you may have a child uh, you may have a brother or a sister, a cousin, a friend who's in that exact spot, and so I'm I'm trying to help you understand better what what possibly could be going on with your with that loved one um, mm-hmm. through her story because uh, it just it helps um, helps us understand and and see more clearly. So um, let's go back. Or let, let's fast forward a little bit to when your mom um, passed away. So there was kind of a a little bit that happened right around a month before she passed away. Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah. So, um, before my mom passed away, me and my band was going to hold a benefit concert for her to raise some money to help for her medical bills. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had a request (laughs) that was quite strange. She asked me if I would sing the song amazing grace at her benefit concert. And I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> do
3: you know who I am? Yeah. Like,
2: no. I was oh. like, there is no way I'm going to sing Amazing Grace at this benefit concert. I was like, I cannot sing about how much I hate God and Christians and then sing Amazing Grace. I was like, my fans will be there. People will probably be watching this later. Like, there's no way I could do that because I wasn't the type of person who would, who wanted to play like, in the beginning of my life, I probably would have played on both sides of the fence, you know, play with God here, play with the devil mm-hmm. there. But at this point, I was I was all in for the dark side and there was yeah. no way I was going to glorify God whatsoever. Mm. And so I denied my mom of her last wish. Wow. Of, yeah, she wanted me to sing Amazing Grace and I, I wouldn't do it. And. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for it (laughs) but i was like there's there's no way
1: yeah was it was there hurt involved like even even when you said no and you felt bad uh was there like a oh man i'm gonna regret this um or or was that even on your radar yet
2: um i kind of thought in the back of my mind that you know maybe i i shouldn't deny her of that But then I thought to myself, no, there's just no way I can sing this. And, and I had a flashback of a time where I was actually at the church practicing music and I was actually singing Amazing Grace and my mom had told me to stop. And, uh, I just, I don't know why that flashback came to me, but I guess it was just the devil trying to like get, you know, get his way, like, no. And so this flashback came to me where I was singing that song, Amazing Grace, and my mom told me to stop.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, Well, why? And she goes, Because you're annoying me.
3: Mm.
2: And and so that was like the the final seal. I was like, Okay, no, I'm not I'm not doing this for her. Wow. Even though I'm sure at the time my mom did not mean anything bad at, bad about that, but she had eight children. So I'm sorry. Eight? Six children, I'm sorry, she had six of us, five boys and me. And,
1: uh,
2: I'm sure we did get on her her (laughs) nerves. She's
1: like, I don't care if you're singing worship music, please stop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Stop. I'm trying to do something. But Uh to me and how it was like, Satan was just really trying to destroy my relationship with her
1: Yeah. and
2: yeah. So I, I definitely told her, no, I wasn't doing it,
1: man. And uh, when, okay, well, let's just go forward because we uh, there's a lot more I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want to like really want to get to the part where you get saved because that's awesome. Yeah, and amazing. that's the best so, part. Yeah. So June June 2015 happened. So that's that's mm-hmm. right around when you quit kissing in graveyards. Mm-hmm. God began to prepare your heart. So what <laughs> happened, and how did that process happen of Him preparing your heart?
3: Okay.
2: So, so people know before this point, my mom, she did end up passing away and, uh, shortly thereafter I became pregnant Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I got pregnant with my, my bandmates child and he didn't want me to have the baby. Um, he wanted me to get an abortion.
3: Mm.
2: And again, I, I've always been totally against abortions. And I was like, no, like, there's no way I'm going to abort this baby like it was my choice, and um, so I told him no. And he, throughout the whole months, told me how I was going to ruin his life because he wasn't ready for a baby. He didn't want this, and um, I was just like, no, you know, I'm I'm having her. So uh, I I still was doing my music during my pregnancy, but I had dropped doing like any of the illegal things that I was doing in the drinking Mm because I I didn't want to harm this baby whatsoever. So it was a very difficult thing to do. Um, but I knew that I had to do it for her. So I just quit all of that stuff. I was still around it, which really, really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And, um, after I had her, I was like, you know, I don't even want her around this stuff anymore. And I told my bandmate, I was like, you know, I don't want her around this. And I kind of like wanted him to change with me and to like drop the lifestyle that we were in. And he was not on board at all.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh so I ended up leaving him and I bought a house and the next town over. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start over with me and my, my baby then. Mm-hmm. And then of course me being who I was, I say was, uh jumped into another relationship Mm. um but it is with my now husband and uh
1: justin
3: yes justin
2: so i met justin and um he had the same goals as me in life and he had also had a very hard traumatic life Mm. and so i really clinged to him thinking you know we could help each other to be better because he he had the same goals as me like he wanted to do better be better and so did I. So we really gravitated towards each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, so yeah, I, I got with him and we ended up getting pregnant <laughs> with another baby girl. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I still just had this like huge void in me. Like I was, I was happier that I was away from all the, the craziness for the mm-hmm. sake of my child. Yeah. But at the same time, I I was so much grieving my music and and who I was um, before my daughters. I just missed that crazy lifestyle, even though I knew that it wasn't good for me. I still yeah. longed for it in a sense. Interesting. Yeah. And I I just felt like I had let all of my dreams go and everything that I wanted to be because kissing in graveyards we were getting pretty well known around the world and so i felt like i just let all my dreams go mm-hmm. um and i was just focusing on being a mom which i wanted to do but at the same time i i wanted the old me and sure. so i was really struggling and after my second daughter i was really also struggling with postpartum depression mm. so i started becoming very very depressed and uh if you ever talk to Justin, he can tell you all about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, let's
1: talk about the first seed planted. There's something that happened. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about that. You were in this postpartum depression, you know, you're mm-hmm. feeling like your dreams were gone. And then you went to a salon.
2: Yeah. So, uh, as, as you guys know, I worked at the hospital and after my second daughter, I decided that I was going to stop working to be at home with my girls um, because I really hated that I was missing out on their lives because I missed out on so much of the boys' lives mm, by yeah. being crazy and partying that yeah. I didn't want to do that with the girls and I wanted to be a better mom. And so I ended up quitting my job. Right after I quit my job, they called me and made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. And uh, they did this on my birthday, and I had just dyed my hair purple. And because uh, at the hospital you can only have like natural hair colors, and I was oh, okay. like, "I'm done with the hospital, so I am dyeing my
0: hair
1: purple." And I was, <laughs> as one does, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com/slash/donate and become a partner today.
2: So I got this crazy purple hair dye from Walmart and, <laughs> and dye my hair purple and the hospital offered me this opportunity. And I was like, OK, I'll take it because it was going to allow me to work um, like at my own pace, not full eight hour days, but like mm-hmm. four hour days twice a week. So I nice. could really focus on being a mom, but also keep my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I might as well do that so I don't lose my retirement. I mean, I was there for years so uh but now i have this purple hair and i was like well i can't go to work with purple hair
3: right
2: i have to get this out and so i asked around for like the best hairstylist because <laughs> i have really long fragile hair and i mm-hmm. didn't want to fry it off by trying to get it back to blonde yeah. and so everybody was like go to krista at the rose room in oxford and um the you know,
1: krista <laughs> yeah, everybody the krista
2: yeah. Alicia that everyone yeah. knows is so, uh, I ended up going there, and um, she, uh, you've probably heard her story. She was a little scared of me. <laughs> I was yeah. a little scary at that time. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Uh, but, anyways, even though she was a little scared of me, that didn't stop her from, you know, speaking God's love over me and his truth. And, mm. you know, she was just, she was being so kind to me and i never experienced someone be so kind and um you know she she didn't make me feel like this horrible bad sinner she made me feel like you know god sees you and he loves you mm. just the way you are he loves you in your mess and you know she prophesied over me and she told me things um that that i that only she she would like only god would have been able to tell her
1: right yeah there's no way she <laughs> could have
2: like there's no way that she could have looked it up online right you know god had to have told her these things that she mm-hmm. told me and like they were so touching and i was just like wow and before i left the salon uh she asked me to be her friend she actually took me outside and she's like i want to be your friend and I was like, what? <laughs> like, you, <do? laughs> you wanna be my friend? Like, I don't have any friends. And she's like, it's okay, I don't have any friends either. And I'm like, wow. okay. And uh she she gave me makeup that day. Like, I believe she even paid for my hair, if I'm correct. Like she didn't even charge me to fix mm. my hair. Wow. And I was just like blown away of her kindness and her love for a complete stranger. And so I went home and I told my husband all about it. And I was like she she wants me to be her friend and he's like that's great you should be your friend and i'm like i don't know about that yeah
1: i don't know dude (laughs) like
2: that's a little strange like i'm not sure she's i don't know and Mm -hmm. uh he really encouraged me to to engage in that friendship Mm -hmm. and um i didn't really do it at first though a few months went by i think she invited me to her son's birthday party at uh, at the swim pool one day, and I just kind of ignored her because I was a little nervous. Like she had told me so much, I was just like, I don't know if I, I want to be like around her because she's all about God and I'm just not sure about him. Like mm-hmm. even though the things that she told me was so powerful, and to most people they probably would have been like, oh yeah, God all the way right now. Like yeah yeah. I, I still was like so cold. I was like, I really not wanting to go back to Jesus for anything. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, and that's the interesting thing. When I was reading through what a couple of more events, you had a couple more instances kind of like that, where you would get these words of knowledge that people give. And it took a little bit to kind of get you, you know, to be like, okay, fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Krista, I I had went back to her salon for a touch up she invited me to a Christmas party. And uh actually before that she invited me to something else and me and my husband did go to it Mm -hmm. and then she invited me to this christmas party and my husband was supposed to go with me but his vehicle broke down and so we had to work on it and i fought with myself for like hours on whether i should go to that party or not and in the car on the way to the christmas party i was actually like half talking to god but half talking to myself I was really talking to myself, just hoping that, you know, maybe God was listening. (laughs) And I was like, you probably think I'm such a hypocrite, don't you, God? I was like going to this church things and I'm not a Christian. I was like, you probably hate me, don't you, God? Mm -hmm. And then I get to this Christmas party and it was a great little party. But at the end, Krista and her team went around and they were like praying for people at the party and they get to me. And they're praying for me. And then Krista goes, God says he doesn't hate you. Mm. And I was like, what? So amazing. Like, those were the exact words I used in the car was you probably hate me. Don't you God? And it's like, he's responding through her saying, God says, he doesn't hate you. Mm-hmm. And it was like a seed planted in my heart again. I, like all these little seeds were planted by Krista and uh, it was like another seed planted, but I still just wasn't ready yeah. to give it up. And, um, yeah, so shortly after that Christmas party, my brother ended up committing suicide and, uh, it was like heart-wrenching because this brother, uh, he, he was my Irish twin. We were very, very close and we did everything together. Um, so hearing that he passed away was absolutely heart-wrenching to me and uh ended up calling me and she's like can i come over and pray for you and and she did that and then um she invited me to the vineyard northwest to go get prayer Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and i think this was like maybe a, a day or two after my brother's passing and i was just so upset still and i was like you know i don't I don't know, Krista, let me think about it. Cause I hadn't even had a shower that day and mm-hmm. I was <laughs> just sitting in my chair, just crying my just eyes kind of out, a mess. out this morning. A mess. Yeah, yeah Feeling totally lost. I fought with myself again for hours on if I should go to the vineyard and get prayer or not. And, and I kept going to my husband back and forth. Like, should I go? Should I not? I don't know. And he kept telling me, go, go. Wow. And I just kept fighting with myself. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. So I ended up going to the Vineyard Northwest with Krista and they put me, well, actually I should say this, um, before I decided to go, I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to go, but I'm only going to go to test God. I said, if he's real, if he really wants something to do with me, maybe he'll say something to me at the Vineyard. And you can ask my husband, he'll tell you the same story. And I get to the vineyard and they put me in this room with three people that were there to pray with me and for me. And uh, we're in there praying for a while. And then this guy looks at me and he said seven words that changed my life. And he said, God says you're here to test him. Hmm. And it was then I was like, wow. Wow. There, there. That is no coincidence, right? Um, You couldn't have made that up. I was Mm -hmm. like, wow. And so that's when I ultimately surrendered my life and said, God, you know, I don't, I'm obviously not doing it right. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know
2: what I'm doing wrong, but I give you my life, take it, do what you want with it. It's yours. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
2: uh, I never looked back.
1: Wow. Wow, man. Okay, so now we get to go back to my question. What what was the difference between I mean you've kind of talked about it, but what it was the difference between those other times throughout your life where like your grandpa was, you know, on his deathbed and you were like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved with church, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, you know, and really circumstances driving you to kind of get into this position of I'm gonna Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get right with God, I'm gonna get involved, and then falling back into it versus this. And, and, and what, what, what have you thought about that? Like, what was the difference between back then versus this moment?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So, um, so back then I didn't, I wasn't reading the Bible as a Mm -hmm. child. So I didn't really know the full truth of God, only the little bits and pieces that I would pick up in church when I was actually listening, right? Because <laughs> as a kid, Yeah, and
3: in
2: the teen years, you're usually just focused on, you know, the other kids in the church and the boys mm-hmm. and what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have the full truth of who God was. And the mm-hmm. little bits that I picked up was I figured that if I didn't live a good life that was pleasing to God, that I w- I would just go to hell, mm. and um, so I thought that you know after I messed up so many times, I thought well there's no hope for me. I'm just mm. gonna go to hell, and that that's just it. But when I met Krista, she showed me the truth of who God was, mm. and you know that He didn't die just for our sins, but He died for our value. Mm. That he values who we are. He loves us. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't go to the cross to condemn us, but he died on the cross so that we could be reconnected with the father, that we could Mm -hmm. have that relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so I started learning the truth about who God was before I even actually gave my life to him. Like she started shedding the truth on who he was so in these little times that she would invite me to do these things and I would see her live it out, mm-hmm. but I would also like, you know, she would, you, she would tell me all about God all the time. Like
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's always our conversation. Yeah,
1: that's what she and does
2: <laughs> Even today. Still like that's our conversations. We don't, we're not talking about who hurt us and why, and yeah you know, all these crazy things that most people talk about Mm -hmm. We're always talking about God. And so she was always Mm -hmm. revealing to me who he was and what he really thought about me. So, you know, when I went to this church and, and I experienced it tangibly, like for myself, like it it was just a no brainer. Then I was like, wow, like he is real and Mm -hmm. he does love me and he does want a relationship with me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and um I I say he is real because it's not that I didn't think that he was real but who he was who he is is real yeah um that he's good mm-hmm. and not just some guy that created the world to watch us all like
1: Slounder. crash and burn. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think that that's so important for you know everybody to have that personal encounter with the Lord I mean, so crucial. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've walked a lot of young people through it because I used to be in missions and we used to take people around the world and, you know, have these moments where people would have these crisis of faith moments where they realize, you know, that their beliefs were their parents' beliefs and they were just believing them because th- that's what you did. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden now they're faced with the reality of like, who is, you know, kind of like Jesus says, Peter, who do you say that I am?
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, and really, those are really powerful moments. Um, so what was the process like then? Because we're going to go just a little bit longer. Because I got to <laughs> this is, this <laughs> is great. Um, what um, what was the process like then after you you were at the the vineyard northwest and you were mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, okay, God, God is real. God is God cares about me. Oh my goodness. Um, because yeah. I would imagine it wasn't a like a light switch of like. Oh, suddenly I don't make any mistakes. Oh, suddenly I don't struggle with this and that. Uh, what was right. that process like?
2: Yeah. Wow. It's been a long process, but mm-hmm. an amazing one, I must yeah. say. Yeah. And the enemy, he always tries to sneak in and mm-hmm. to get you to think about the past and who you were mm-hmm. and the bad, horrible things that you did. Mm-hmm. And he just tries to stab a knife in you everywhere that he can, like, even when my brother died right before I asked God in into my heart, like I was on the verge of, you know, coming to know God because I had been hanging out with Christopher a little bit. Mm-hmm. And whenever my brother died, the enemy actually whispered in my ear, see, every time you get close to God, something bad happens. But luckily at that point, like Krista had been speaking so much truth to me about who God was
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, you know, just all these things. So I kind of knew like, you know, that, that was the enemy. And, Mm. and still, you know, I came to know who God was and it's been that way. Even after coming to know God, like so many times the enemy has come at me left and right. And, you know, I'm just like, no, no, this isn't who I am. I I'm not partnering with this anymore. And, you know, I just stay focused on God Mm -hmm. because if I focused on who I used to be or, or how I used to handle my problems, then I would probably keep falling back into that same pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, just like with my husband, uh, you know, I had these relationship issues before where I would Mm -hmm. just like drop whoever at the, at the snap of a finger, if they made me angry or did something against me, But now I recognize when these things come and these attacks come, I know, you know, that's the enemy trying to put a wedge between me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's using my husband in a way, but that isn't who my husband is. And I see it for God's truth. And I, I look at my husband and I'm like, God created you for so much more than what you're doing right now. And you just don't see it but I Mm -hmm. see the potential in you Mm -hmm. and I'm not letting the enemy come in between us. And so I just focus on God. And whenever I come into these problems that I don't know how to handle anymore, I literally take it to God. I Mm -hmm. take everything that I possibly can to God now Mm -hmm. and I let him handle it for me. And it's worked out perfectly. Like I have so many stories that I could tell you of where the enemy has just tried to attack me and i'm like no i'm giving this to god and god leads me all the way through it every time amazing like shortly after i had became a christian uh my husband uh was really struggling with ptsd Mm. and uh he ended up kind of Going a little cray cray on me, <laughs> and he left. That's uh, crazy
1: for anybody who doesn't know what cray cray is. Yeah,
2: he went a little cray cray <laughs> yeah. on me, and so yeah. he he left me for a little while, mm. and that was right when I had lost my job at the hospital, mm. and I was like, God, like, what am I gonna do? Like, I have no money, and my mm. husband's not here to support me. He he literally went like a wall and left his job, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, mm. and these few months god supplied my every single need i mean my kids never went without wow and i was just like wow and because i gave it to god i was like god like you have to take care of me i can't do it and my husband's not here to do it and i have no one else to turn to but you Mm. and but there were so many things like this where i have literally just gave it to god just like at the surgery center when i got my job there i was like god i need a job and mm-hmm. he sent me to the surgery center. And, you know, whenever I lost my job there, he supplied one with Krista. Mm-hmm, like he's mm-hmm. always supplying my needs and Amen. he's always there for me whenever, whenever I need him. And I, I know that you, you hear these things all the time and, and Christians say these things all the time, but you really don't believe it until you experience for your, for for yourself,
3: yeah,
1: experience. it's really hard not. To, I mean, you can go, oh yeah, I know God does that because these people say that, but like when you actually have that experience for yourself, it's kind of like describing chocolate versus eating it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, so yeah,
2: and I just wanted to say too, like so many Christians tried to talk to me before I actually came to know God. Really? and, and I just blew them off. Like I did not want to hear it. I did not care. And and some people would look at a girl like Krista, who has wild hair and tattoos and piercings, and they'd be like, you know, God isn't in her or whatever. But God used that beautiful girl that a lot of people would have just thrown off to the side to bring me to him. She Mm -hmm. was the only thing that I would listen to. Oh, not thing. She's not a thing. The only person that I would listen to. And I listened to her because she looked like me, Mm. like she was somebody that I could relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I just
1: kind of alternative, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. That's why it's just like, never underestimate. Cause I know there's, there's some people that take a really big issue with tattoos and piercings. And, and I just like, um, most of those t- most of the time it's people taking verses way out of context. Uh mm-hmm. you know, um, which I will not get into now because yeah, people every- yeah. just get very passionate about taking verses out of context um like that and condemning people as a result of it. But I digress. Um mm-hmm. I uh so obviously your husband had been like Hey, you should hang out with Krista. Yeah, you should go do this. Yeah, you should go do that. What was that process like then? Because uh, when, because of the PTSD was that, that was after you had basically said yes to the Lord, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm Yeah.
2: And the whole time my husband was pushing me to hang out with Krista. And, and I told him, you know, she's a, a godly woman. Like she's not, she's not like us. Like mm-hmm. she's, she's different. And you know, he was not Christian. But he had this thing in him that was you know telling him, push her towards that towards that girl, and he That's did right. he he kept telling me you know engage with her, hang out with her, and he wanted to himself, and I don't even think he really understood why at the time mm. either, but i I really believe that it was God pulling on his heartstrings it absolutely, to absolutely yeah and motivating him, but uh yeah, praise God shortly after I got saved in after, you know, when he left for that, this few months, like being mm-hmm. crazy, I, I kept praying for him. Chris is like, Rylan, just keep praying for him and praying for him. Like God will pull through for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, I kept praying for him and praying for him. And then finally, you know, he ended up coming home and giving his life to the Lord. Amazing. And yeah, it's just been wonderful. And he's always mm-hmm. my biggest, like, <laughs> Cheerleader like it really
1: seems like it even before you guys were walking with the lord it really seems like it
2: yeah he is mm-hmm. so anytime that I've ever like doubted you know what I was doing he's always in you know behind the scenes pushing me and encouraging me to do mm-hmm. everything that it is that uh that I'm thinking about even with my mm-hmm. music like mm-hmm. usually i i sang and I played the keyboard well I' seen this drum and it like just spoke to my heart. And I was like, man, I really want this drum. I kind of want to learn it. It's such a beautiful instrument, but mm. I don't know. I probably can't play it and it's too expensive. And he was like, Rylan, take the money, get the drum and play it.
3: Mm.
2: And I was like, but I don't know if I can. What if I waste my money? And he's like, get the drum.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting the drum. and yeah i've been making prophetic soaking music with it and honestly it's totally holy spirit led because i've never played a drum in my life i honestly didn't you know think i had any beats in me and i just sit down and i pray and they they
1: just been coming amazing amazing yeah so and that's right now you're doing that with um someone else correct you guys are doing it together
2: yeah, David's husband. Um, he's playing the bass for me, and then I have a friend. Or Chris's think, husband. Yeah, Chris's husband. husband.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Did I say David's husband? You
1: did. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm sorry. Chris's yeah. husband, David. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're wanting to start making music together and playing more often together. So you'll probably be seeing more of me and David very soon.
3: Awesome. Um,
2: but yeah, I also have a friend. He goes by Rossati, and he makes music uh he actually makes music for like big time people Mm. and uh so he's making my backing tracks for me right now so that's really cool uh I don't believe that he's a believer but he's one of my only friends that didn't ditch me after becoming a Christian yeah
1: he's not a believer yet yeah Yeah, yet so I'm hoping
2: that you know he can just uh find Jesus by uh looking at my life so
1: so what it sounds like is obviously before right before you'd met Krista, your dreams, you felt like they were abandoned, especially I think that's um, even if you're a believer, sometimes that can be not an uncommon thing. When you have kids, you've, mm-hmm. you've been taken to motherhood and you're taking care of kids and you're at home and you're just kind of day to day. I mean, just from other friends I have who've who've had kids, that's not uncommon. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, it sounds like God has given you those hopes and dreams back,
3: right?
2: Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. So, um, and used to like, I found my identity in my music and that's not where I find my identity Mm. anymore. Like I find my identity in Christ Mm. and music is just a perk. It's just a, a gift that he's given me and I no longer look at it as like, I have to do this because this is who I am.
3: This I look is fulfilling at it as my I want
2: wonderful. to do this. I want to do it to glorify my father mm. and I want to do it to bring others to him. I want them to experience who he is through my wow. music and I want them to be able to learn how to praise God freely because mm-hmm. in my area, I don't know about your area, but in my area where we live, praising and worshiping God, actually lifting your hands and, mm-hmm. you know, praising God publicly does not happen very much. I don't know why. I feel yeah. like people are just a little scared to do it. Maybe
3: mm-hmm.
2: they, they wonder what other people will think of them, but that is my whole goal with this music now. It, it's not to glorify myself at all anymore, but to just glorify God and to be like, mm-hmm. look, It's okay to praise your father. That's what we were designed to do, Mm. you know? Mm. And uh, so that's really my, my hopes and dreams. Like my hopes and dreams now isn't to be a, the, you know, the world's best musician and to be a famous singer. My hopes and dreams now is to bring everybody that I possibly know Mm. in, into God's truth. Mm. I want Amen. them to
1: know the truth about who Amen. God is. Yeah. Well, Ryland, there's um I know there's some people watching this that were sucked in the whole time that were like, "I'm going to make fun of these stupid Christians <laughs> and heard what you had to say and the Lord has really gotten a hold of them." Or people that maybe they're maybe they feel like they've made too many mistakes and God isn't going to uh that doesn't love them or um that they've been passed over. Um, and as a result of fallen into depression or have started looking elsewhere other than the Lord, um, and hearing your testimony, um, has really brought them to this place of like, Oh my goodness. Like, that's me. She's describing me. Um, Mm -hmm. what would you say to those people?
2: Oh, wow. I would say this is your time (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh this is the time to say yes because god is saying yes to you Mm -hmm. and he didn't come to condemn you to make you feel bad for your mistakes in everything that you've been through Mm -hmm. he's actually been with you the entire time Mm -hmm. and he's never once left your side he loves you very much the whole reason that he died on the cross was because your value you're precious to him and he loves you with every part of him. And he really just wants a relationship with you. He doesn't care about what you've done or where you've been. He just wants to love you and for you to love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just I pray for you right now. And
3: yeah,
2: I, I thank God for your life. I thank him for for leading you here um, to hear this testimony. And I just say, God, Touch them today in a tangible way. Speak to their heart and let them know how much that you love them and how much that you care and that you are a good father and and you just want the best mm-hmm. for them. And um, God, I believe that you love them. I believe that you love me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God, I give myself to you. Uh, I was never created for me. They were never created for themselves, God. We were created for you. Mm. And so I lay myself down, God, and I say, I give it all to you. And if it's not of you, then I don't want it. I don't want it. So God, mold me and shape me into everything that you desire. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for being a good father. I don't want to be seen as a a good doer. I want to be seen as your daughter. Teach me, God. Teach me intimacy with you and teach them intimacy with you. Mm -hmm. God, no one owes us anything. And we're not here to be loved, but we're here to love. We're here to walk in your image. So God, search us Mm -hmm. and guide us. And let everyone that is watching today, God, let them know who you are and let them know your truth and i thank you god for that i thank you for touching their heart today thank you jesus yes. amen
1: just amen rylan you are a gift your testimony <laughs> is a gift and i uh what god has done and what he's doing in you now is a gift and uh it's just amazing I I just feel nothing but joy and excitement. And honestly, dude, when I was reading through your testimony before this show, I just got so overwhelmed by like, like how proud God is of you. He's like, that's Rylan, <laughs> like that's yes. So yeah. um, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, um, I know there's people who are like, I'm really intrigued by this music that she's making. Is there, do you have any music released yet? Cause I know you and I are friends on Facebook, but, and you seen yeah. little bits of little, you know, you just little jamming sessions and stuff like that. it's really great.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't have any release music yet. It is coming. I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just do little clips here and there on my Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love sharing God's gift. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just have a little clips, but there will be record recordings coming very soon. I'm getting the okay. setup up for all of that. So, cool. yeah.
3: yeah, something
2: that come to mind, um, you said, like, how has my life changed? And I was I was just thinking and I wanted to share this too. like people are so worried about changing who they are right when they get saved. Like, oh, I got to be good. I, nah. I got to stop this, stop that. I wanted to say before I got off here, because it's so important. Stop focusing on your sin, but focus on Him,
3: Mm, because when we focus
2: on Jesus, everything else that has been attached to us is going to start falling off.
3: That's so true.
2: Because there's things that I didn't even try to change about myself. I didn't even want to change.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, just like my brand name, Rylan Chaos. It used to be Rylan Chaos. And I did not want to ditch chaos. I was like, no, I'm, I'm sticking to this name. I, ha- I have chaos tattooed on my hand. I was like, there's no way I'm ditching that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day God just spoke to me <laughs> in the bathroom of all places and, I, and my mind changed. And I was like, I don't want to be partnering with chaos anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not who I am. And I let it go. And I never dreamed that I would do that. And I used to be so attached to, to these items in my house as well like i I have very used to have very like dark items in my home mm-hmm. um a lot of witchcraft type items, and I didn't want to let them go and you know, just through my walk with Jesus and coming into relationship with him, these things started becoming easier to let go sometimes I wanted to just you know throw them out the door so fast. So just focus on him and not all your flaws. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really wanted, I felt like I should say that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's so often it's, it's, it can be, the enemy can come in and cause you to get too, um, and honestly too, too formulaic about how your, your conversion, you know, and, and, oh, now I'm supposed to do all these things and you get overwhelmed and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to you know, I don't want to make any mistakes in front of all these people. And so then there's some people that actually have walked away from the Lord as a result of of that burden. And, and I just love what you said of focusing, stop focusing on your sin and focus on him. And, uh, the more that we spend time with him, the less it's like, the less you want that other stuff, like it will just fall off. It's so true. So
2: yeah. Yeah. Cause before, you know, the old me remember she kept focusing on herself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: trying to make herself a better person mm-hmm. so that people would think better of her.
3: Mm-hmm. And she
2: always kept failing. Yeah, She always kept falling in the mud. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I tried to go back to God, I, I would fall flat on my face within a week or two. And, yeah. and now it's like, you know, I, I don't focus on that anymore. I focus on him and I literally take every single thing I possibly can to him. My husband probably thinks I'm crazy because I'm always like, pray about that. (laughs) Pray about that. Okay. I'm going to talk, I'm going to take this to Jesus now. (laughs) And, uh, I, I do, I take everything I do to him and it has changed my life so much. Mm. And, you know, I never thought that I would be a prophetic person or somebody that God would talk to. I thought I would be the last person for God to ever talk to because I cursed him so many times. Mm -hmm. um but since i gave him my life like he talks to me all the time
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: he talks to me through dreams through visions and he always confirms himself people are like how do you know that's god he always confirms himself Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's just been an amazing journey and i can't i can't wait to see where god brings me next oh it's
1: gonna be it's gonna be good it's (laughs) always good yeah So, okay. How can people, uh, how can people follow you if they want to follow you and and follow your musical journey and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah. If you want to follow my journey, you can do that on Facebook. You can look up Rylan Isabella or Rylan Isabella Wicker. You can follow me on both pages. Um, I also have a group on Facebook. It's called Rylan's 40 Days with Jesus Challenge. Well, did I change that name? I don't remember. I might've changed that name.
3: Yeah. Ryland's well,
2: walk. I think it's Rylan's walk with Jesus challenge, though, because it started off 40 days, and then God's like, "No, we're walking together forever." That's right. So great. it's Rylan's walk with Jesus challenge. You can yeah. find that group. You can also find Rylan Isabella on YouTube. So,
1: yeah, all of that stuff. Everybody, you know the drill. It's in the description. Just click down there, and you'll see the links to all that good stuff. Follow her. Show her some love on YouTube. All that good stuff. Ryland, thank you so much. This was really, really, really great
2: thank you for having me i i'm yes. very honored and i i was so excited to just be able to share my story because mm-hmm. i know that there's someone out there that was thinking just the way i was and mm-hmm. i hope that this reaches them and they find out who who god is the truth of Him. so mm.
1: and everybody if that's you go <laughs> follow her on facebook or wherever and send her a message and let her know yeah. how you've been impacted even if it wasn't that you you know you had this radical conversion but maybe you were feeling down down and and god really ministered to you through her story just reminding him reminding you how good he is um whatever it is send him to rylan or you can comment or whatever um you know we want to hear him but also rylan especially you know just knowing that god got a hold of you and blessed you through you know what god had what god has done through her life so
2: yeah all right and it, and i will pray for you if you don't know him and you want to know him
1: mm. it
2: i will pray for you i will lead you through it and mm. uh, i will be happy to mentor you if you follow me on facebook mm. i'm always posting that's m- the main thing i post about is my walk with jesus and mm. my experiences and i'm learning too all the time mm. and uh, i i love to share my experiences
1: so mm. amen amen well, everybody, that is our show. It was awesome and I love it. And it just it's just, it's just amazing. Um, yes. People are getting saved because of yes. this. And it's just so exciting. <laughs> so God bless you guys and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.